0: Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the word judgment comes with a negative feeling today. Not just because it's socially unacceptable to tell someone that they are not right, but more because people associate judgment with being judgmental or considering some people Inferior in worth to others. And so a judgmental person will will punish another person by mocking them or ignoring them or harming them just because of their lifestyle or their beliefs or their weaknesses or sometimes even because of their appearance. We would agree that being judgmental is wrong because it fails to recognize that every human being was made in the image of God and that they are a part of His plan in their own unique ways. Christians don't want to be judgmental. We don't want to label people with the words inferior or superior or unworthy or worthy of being our friends we remember that our lord jesus rebuked the pharisees for being so condemning and he taught his disciples in luke 6 verse 37 he said judge not and you will not be judged condemn not and you will not be condemned and we look at his life and we see that rather than look down his nose and proud judgmental condemnation, our Lord Jesus was reaching out. He was kind to the adulterous Samaritan woman by the well, even as he was telling her the truth. He reached out to the sick. He touched the lepers. He was kind to the unpopular tax collectors, even as he called them to repentance. And he washed the feet of his betrayer even as he warned him about what he was about to do. When we confess that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead, we have to be very clear that our Lord Jesus was not judgmental like the word is often used today. As judge, Jesus does not make people pay for being different. He does not use human-made categories to assess our value. And he does not exclude anyone from receiving what they truly want for themselves. But rather, Jesus' judgments are a revelation. They are a revelation that, that opens the eyes of all who hear it. His judgments show the world the way things really are. When we understand what the scriptures teach about God's judgment, we quickly see that all that God says about judgment is not something to be embarrassed about, but it is something to share with the world. And I preach to you the gospel that on judgment day, Christ the judge will confirm that he has made believers innocent. We'll see the promise of his judgment and we'll see the proclamation of his judgment. When you read through the Old Testament, it's striking to see how many times in the Old Testament, the people expressed their desire for the judgment of God. If you look to the prayers of Hannah, 1 Samuel 2, or Solomon and 1 Kings 8, you looked at the Psalms of the people, just think about the two that we just sang, Psalm 7 and Psalm 9. You can look at Psalm 96, Psalm 98. You see this request for God to judge the earth. It keeps coming up. People are praying for this. Isaiah 33 clearly shows us the blessing of the Lord's judgment when the prophet announces, and this is Isaiah 33 Verses 5 to 6 and then 22, I'll read it. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness and he will be the stability of your times. Abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure for the Lord is our judge The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. See, the association between stability and God's judgment. And although we often compare judgment day to some kind of test or evaluation that we don't know if will pass or not, the believers in the Old Testament spoke of judgment day as a day of answers a day of of the revelation of the truth that, that confirmed their close relationship to God, the promise of Jesus Christ. And so the people of God could rejoice in God's judgment because it was always in accordance with the way that He made the world. His judgments put things back into the right place and served to teach the world how to love Him and how to love their neighbor as themselves in accordance with the Ten Commandments. And no one needed to be surprised by his judgments. For God always clearly revealed which path leads to life and peace, and which path leads to death and suffering and misery. So Moses and his father-in-law Jethro in Exodus 18 they explain that judging God's people meant warning them with God's statutes and the laws and laws and making the people know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. The judgment comes as a revelation. When God's people talk about his justice And His righteousness, is like talking about a bright light. it, It led them to sing for joy. Look at the Psalms 1 and 9 and 119. Because through those judgments, God is restoring life to the earth. He judges the world in the context of His mercy. For He's always faithful to His covenant promises. And like a father is able to judge his own children with more wisdom and understanding than a stranger judge might be able to do, so also the judge of all the earth as our covenant God and Father, he takes into account the contrite hearts of his people and the sacrifices they offered up to atone for their sins. He does not judge the world by what they have done, but by what they think about what they have done, how they evaluate what they have done. And so we read in Psalm 51 verse 7, that the great judge of all the earth, he considers whether you are saddened by your sins or not. God does not condemn his people for sins that they are hating and fighting against. He promises the the forgiveness of sins for unintentional sins. You can read about that in the sin offering. He looks at the heart and, and he asks the question, Does this person want to live in God's kingdom and submit to him as Lord and King? Do they show that they hate their sins of rebellion and seek the forgiveness of sins so that they might truly desire to love God and their neighbor. You see a judge looking at your life in this way. Well, people who do not want to serve God and who continue to harm their neighbor by breaking God's laws will be treated as the enemies of the kingdom of God that they are. But anyone who truly wants to serve the Lord, who truly wants to walk with him, can know that God's grace is sufficient to cover all weaknesses. David knew it was better to fall into the hands of God than the hands of men because there was hope for mercy in his father's hands. And so God's people long for God's justice. Just like children in a chaotic, unpredictable, volatile home, they might long for the restoration of order and meaning through the loving instruction and discipline of parents. God's judgments really protect his weak and faltering children. God is able to see what is in our hearts, he truly understands what we need and He diligently protects those who want to walk with Him. John 7, verse 24, the Lord reveals that He's not fooled by appearances. We read He's, not also, he's also not swayed by partiality, whether to the strong or to the poor. Or, or to the, the poor. In God's kingdom, there are no loopholes that allow the, the wicked and the oppressive to hurt the weak and the humble. And God just announces that already today so that the wicked still have time to repent. What you may be getting away with now will not continue that way. God is holy and just. You can know very well, brothers and sisters, that God hears the prayers of his saints, brings the conduct of the guilty upon their own heads. And in this way, he vindicates the righteous by rewarding them according to their righteousness. That's exactly what Solomon prayed for in 1 Kings 8. That's a great comfort for us. It's a great comfort to know that God is our judge, our Father is our judge, because it is a guarantee that the church's suffering and oppression will not last forever. The day will come when everything will be made clear. The scriptures promise that on judgment day, order and truth will be revealed to the earth The oppression and the hatred will end. And the Heavenly Father will receive into His fellowship all His children who desire to walk with Him. And then we see, it's no wonder. It's no wonder that the people in the Old Testament were looking forward to the Messiah that Isaiah announced as a judge. We read about that in Isaiah 11. Verses 3 to 5, they were praying for for the one who would come, who who would judge, not by what his eyes see or decide disputes, but by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth, we read, with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He will kill the wicked." righteousness, we read, will be the belt of His waist and faithfulness the belt of His loins. And then we see the Messiah's work stands at the center of the proclamation of God's justice. And we learn that the Father has given all judgment to Jesus Christ. That's John 5, verse 22. The Father has given all judgment to to the very same person who before has submitted himself to the judgment of God for our sakes, then we can see why we can preach about judgment day without any embarrassment. In fact, we become eager to proclaim the gospel that Jesus is judge because He is the mediator who came to earth for the very purpose of making us innocent. Imagine that. Walking into a courtroom and seeing the person who paid for your sins still showing signs that he, he had been slain. Revelation said it was a lamb that looked like he had been slain. Now being the judge to decide whether you have paid for your sins or not. After paying for you, he will decide if you have paid or not. That's what it's like to have your mediator as your judge. And so when he comes to judge the living and the dead, when he comes to to judge you, he is not really judging the quality of your work but he is judging the quality of his own work on your behalf. you see if he were to decide that something prevent, prevented you O oh Christian something if something existed to prevent you from from being received into his father your, into the father's arms well the judge would be condemning his own work as your substitute. That's the gospel of having our mediator and savior as our judge. It's like having an instructor who fills in all the answers on a test for us before he calls us forward to hand it in to him so that we might pass to the next level. after fulfilling all righteousness for you, Jesus Christ is the judge who will decide if you are righteous or not. And Christ judges us in the context of the promise that God counts Christ's payment for sins as our payment. Counts Christ's righteousness as our righteousness. Christ's love as our love. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, who who died for him, anyone who joins the body, which is his church, may know without a doubt that God has removed his curse from them. And they will be taken up to Christ the head into heavenly joy and glory. That's what we, we confess in Lord's Day 19. Well, it's not a difficult decision. For the judge. And we can already know his conclusion. Since Christ the head is worthy. Just think of those songs and revelations. Since he is worthy. And he is already in heaven. While well, his body. The church. Is also worthy. And in his judgment he simply confirms to the universe. That he makes you Innocent. And so in Acts 10, we read that Jesus Christ commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Jesus said, This is the gospel. I am the judge verse 43 to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins through him well rather than being embarrassed by the gospel of Jesus Christ as judge we can go out and joyfully announce not only that god's judgment will bring an end to to confusion and to hatred and to isolation that we find under the curse But we can also announce that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ can have a share in the eternal kingdom of perfection and love and fellowship. And there is a sense of urgency to sharing the gospel with others because we know that judgment day is coming. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, the exhortation comes in light of this coming judgment. And we know that there is a way to innocence, through Christ's atoning work. The judge is our mediator. And his arms are open to receive you. And outside of him there is no way to eternal life. Do you see? Do you feel it? Do you see how urgent this message is? If you believe that Jesus is the judge. Now. Now. It's time to proclaim the gospel of Christ Jesus as judge. Knowing that God uses the announcement of the way to judge the people of the earth. You can read about that in our Lord Jesus' words in John 12, verses 47 to 48. The announcement of the way is being used by God to judge the people of the earth. That means there's a close reaction to between a person's reaction to the gospel preaching and the verdicts that are pronounced on judgment day. The question is, do you receive the work of Jesus Christ as your own, submit to him and enter on his merits? Or do you turn away from Christ and the gospel and separate yourselves from the sacraments and the communion of saints and remain under the condemnation of God God judges on your reaction to the proclamation of the gospel. Well, we start with ourselves, because even among the covenant people of God, there are people who fail to allow the gospel message of Christ's judgment to penetrate into their hearts and their lives. So easy, it's so easy, especially in this country where we still have freedom. It's so easy to go through the motions of religiosity or being religious. And So the Lord reminds us that all our outward piety will help us nothing if we don't first of all love Jesus Christ with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. God is not fooled by those who superficially go through the motions of religion as the people of God did in the time of of Amos. And they were talking big in the days of Amos. They were singing their psalms and making their instruments and and they were were gathering together and offering their sacrifices, all the motions, and they even said, oh, when that day of the Lord comes, it'll be great. He's going to destroy the enemies. And then in that context, the Lord warns them that unless they repent, the day of judgment will be just as bad for them as for those who are more obvious in their rebellion against the Lord. Like in Hebrews 6, where he warned the people of crucifying the Son of God once again. In James chapter 5, again, after Christ is risen, Pentecost, the letter comes to the people of God and the warning is there. The the coming of the Lord is at hand. James 5 verse 8. And James 5 verse 10, the judge is standing at the door. So God's people might not make light of the need to recognize their judge as their mediator. Restrain, refrain from grumbling. Be patient in their suffering. And again, our Lord Jesus points to this day of judgment in Matthew 25 to urge God's people to, to not just talk about love, but to be actively loving one another, to show the Spirit as, as He works through their hearts. And through all this we see that already now you, yourself, you can know the verdict of the judge on judgment day by looking at the way you live your life today there's a connection to your reaction your between your reaction to that proclamation and what the lord will say on that great day those who believe in god those who repent of their sins those who love Jesus Christ and, and see that in the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, you can know that you will continue to live in this fellowship of God after Jesus has confirmed your innocence before the Father on the judgment day. Because it's his innocence. The gospel of Christ Jesus is God's appointed judge on that last day, it's a very gracious message. It's a gracious message that Christians are also eager to share with everyone around them. While warning about the dangers of persisting in rebellion against God, we can also point the way out of that condemnation in Christ Jesus. So think about that. You talk to others this week. What, what do you say? What does the Holy Spirit lead Christians to do when they meet someone who is ignorant of the Christian faith or maybe confused about their identity or trapped in addictions or hostile to the people of God? What do we say to those or about those who are standing under the curse and the wrath of God, often without even realizing the danger they are in Well, since ultimately no one will be condemned on the basis of a word or a judgment of people, well, rather than wasting our time categorizing and condemning and ridiculing people around us who are made in God's image to glorify Him, the Spirit urges us also in our own confession to announce that Christ Jesus did not come to condemn sinners, but to save them from the coming wrath. That's a fantastic message that we have to bring to the world. He did not come to condemn sinners, but he came to save them from the coming wrath. And we know that we are too weak and sinful in ourselves to be haughty and to be judgmental of others or maybe we we should know that but we also know that we have experienced the grace of god that takes away the fear of death and the fear of judgment day and this is what we want to share people do not need to live in fear of judgment day they do not need to live in fear Of the truth. Because Jesus Christ our mediator. Is judge. And the good news we proclaim to the world. Is that anyone. Who wants to live in fellowship with God. And in harmony with his or her neighbor. Has the opportunity in Christ. Because there is no partiality with God. When we preach this message. We will see that all God's chosen ones will come and join us to stand in the courtroom before our judge and see our Savior there. We will be confident and unafraid, we read in Philippians. Yes, we will even be eager to hear the verdict from his mouth that vindicates us before men, and women, and and carries us into heavenly joy and glory. For everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, Judgment Day has no surprises. There's no question, there's no doubt. We have already been brought into the city of the living God. Hebrews 12, to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant. And when we together with all men and women are called before the Lord who is to judge the living and the dead, our Savior will just confirm what we already know to be true the gospel that we have believed our whole life. He will tell us that he has made us innocent, that his work was perfect, that he has made it possible to have our hearts desire to walk with the Lord and our neighbor in peace and in fellowship forever. This is the day that God's people in the Old Testament we're longing for. This is a day that they were longing for and, and that we can still sing the same psalms, the same prayers, because we're longing for the same thing. This is the day the saints in heaven are praying for, Revelation 6. This is the day we prepare for as we lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and we embrace our Savior we embrace our judge with the arms of faith. And we sing, gracious Savior, own me in that day is thine. We'll sing that in hymn 70. Amen.